You're listening to I Am a Pain Patient with Marianne. Welcome back to I Am a Pain Patient with Marianne. Today, we are going to continue our discussion on pivoting our perspective um, and the power of pivoting our perspective by checking in with our nervous systems. Now, pain is the most advanced protective system of your body. And when your nervous system is flared up, little to no input can send that pain signal. So as I mentioned yesterday, when I had my whiplash injury, that's actually considered soft tissue damage. And its healing time is between eight to 10 weeks. When pain becomes persistent or chronic, that means that your nervous system is at a heightened state of alarm. (laughs) And so it takes little to no input to send that pain signal. There are lots of other ways that your body can tell you to slow down, (laughs) that it needs to rest, that it needs to heal. Um, And that's where this nervous system check-in comes into play. And I will be honest with you, this content right here is the message that a majority of people resonate with. (laughs) So listen uh, closely and think about your own lives and we'll talk, uh, talk through this checklist. So when your nervous system is flared up, that means that you are being flooded with a stress hormone called cortisol. It's a natural stress hormone. It's your body trying to protect you. (laughs) And when those floodgates of cortisol are open, a lot of times it can just kind of get into this negative cycle where you just get flooded with more and more cortisol and then your symptoms kind of spiral downhill. (laughs) And that can feel really worrisome and troubling. So here are some of the side effects of living with increased cortisol levels over a long period of time. Fatigue, mood swings, appetite changes, disrupted sleep, difficulty concentrating, difficulty completing projects, low libido, and depression. So why are these side effects part and parcel of a heightened state of emergency in our nervous systems. When our nervous system thinks that we're in danger, it sends the fight or flight signal to the body. It wants you to slow down. It wants you to take stock. (laughs) And our goal in actively approaching these side effects is that we will lend ourselves to returning to rest and digest mode, which is that parasympathetic. That's just like where you want to live is rest and digest, not fight or flight. So in with the lens of fight or flight, let's go back through these side effects. Fatigue. This was a really common one for me with my chronic pain. Um, Very early into my day, my work day, I would become fatigued and I just have to like push through it the rest of the day. 
Um, so that was my body kind of trying to tell me that like something was off and I needed to slow down. Mood swings. It can feel really unsettling to not understand what's going on in your body. And this can make you a little bit emotional. <laughs> I'll be honest. And so like if if you're flared up and like something sets your your nervous system off or your body gets a little pain, it's just like a lot easier to tip over the scales emotionally as well. Um, I'll give a personal example. Uh, last winter, I was breastfeeding my youngest daughter, and she had um, she was <sighs> struggling with silent reflux. And so she would only nurse if I was walking. And so I walked 10,000 steps a day inside my house. Um, and it was terrible. <laughs> I am so grateful that I could do that for her. But it was really difficult. Um, my sister-in-law and her family, my brother's family, came over to visit. And she, they have four beautiful children. And my oldest nephew was trying to be so helpful and I love his attentive nature and I'm so drawn to just like his spirit of service but at the time like trying to offer him ways to help was just one too many things for my brain and so I snapped at him and I I had to pull myself back together and apologize to him and I tried to explain that like my nervous system was way over the mark <laughs> as far as like where my my range of normal was and so very little to no input could cause me to just lash out and that I was deeply sorry <laughs> for having done that <sighs> what power of healing can come to your relationships if you have the language around why your emotions feel so difficult to navigate. Appetite changes is the next symptom that we're going to talk about. If your body wants to get you back to rest and digest mode <laughs> and you're currently in fight or flight mode, changing the way you view fuel, food as fuel, can do that. It can lead you to more restful states <laughs> depending on what you fill your body with. So making healthy choices that fuel your body and put you back in the driver's seat can really help get you back to that rest and digest mode. Okay, disrupted sleep. Anytime you go to a primary care physician with your symptoms, with your chronic pain symptoms, with your migraine symptoms, no matter what it is, the first thing they are going to ask you is how are you sleeping? And if you're not sleeping well, that's the first thing that they're going to want you to address. Because the whole part and parcel of rest and digest is that rest piece. They really want you to get good sleep. Um, but unfortunately, when you're living life with chronic pain, good sleep is hard to come by. For instance, I, I have journeyed through my chronic pain, and I now live at a 2 maybe on the pain scale. However, <laughs> I still have pain and it's pretty persistent. And when I go down to sleep at night, I know that it takes me 
half an hour to 45 minutes to find a comfortable position and fall asleep. Meanwhile, my dear husband <laughs> will lay down next to me and be asleep in five minutes. <laughs> it's really easy to be jealous of that. But I think understanding the why behind the disrupted sleep can help you navigate a return to restful nights. Um, eventually, I will do a whole episode on sleep. Don't you worry. The next symptom we're going to talk about is difficulty concentrating. When you are in fight or flight mode and that pain level, which pain is the most advanced protective system of the body, that pain level starts getting high, it's really difficult to concentrate. Anyone who's ever had a migraine will tell you it is really difficult to concentrate through the pain. <sighs> and I have so much empathy for you <laughs> because I've lived it. At the time when my chronic pain was at its peak, when I was living at an 8 out of 10 on the pain scale, I worked at a small bookshop and this dear friend of mine, my adopted mother, <laughs> locally to where I was living and working, um, she would know. I would, I would check in on her during the day and she'd look at me and she'd say, oh, Mary, this is the pain day, isn't it? And I would just nod. <laughs> and she was so generous in filling my cup with affirmations of like, oh, but you you know that like the only reason that I can see it is because I know you so well. And I see you doing hard things anyway. I see you showing up for your job. I see you doing your work. And that's really difficult and you should feel very proud of yourself. So just like inserting that affirmation that you can do hard things can just do a world of good. Difficulty completing projects. So that's part and parcel with the difficulty concentrating. To finish a product project, <laughs> it takes a lot of logistics. It takes time management, it takes multitasking, and it takes the ability to move one piece forward at a time in order to make it to the finish line and that completed project. When you have difficulty concentrating, when you're fatigued, when you have all of these symptoms, <laughs> It can be really hard to multitask. It can be really hard to sink into time management. And so the completion of projects, it's not a priority when you are in fight or flight mode. <laughs> and that can be really relieving actually. So like if you're struggling to finish your work at your workplace and you are resonating with some of these symptoms that I'm talking about and perhaps are thinking, hey, maybe my nervous system is flared up. Having that language, again, is such an enlivening tool to enriching your life and putting you, yourself back in the driver's seat to not feeling like a victim anymore. Low libido. <laughs> this one I'm not going to spend a lot of time on because if you're in fight or flight mode, your body does not think it is important that you procreate. <laughs> and so it's not going to lend itself to you being open to that connection of intimacy. Depression. Previously to this podcast, I really didn't have a lot of experience with depression. Um, 
Currently, though, I am still in the midst of a battle with postpartum depression after my third child was born. And it's really weird because you just like wonder what's different this time. <laughs> but a lot of it can come down to chemical imbalance. And so as we're talking here, we've talked about cortisol and it flooding your system and making it more susceptible to all these symptoms. So depression is that same boat, part and parcel. Chemical adjustments in your body can lead you to feeling like you're not in control. And that can be really hard to carry. It can make you feel really alone. It can make you feel wounded. It can, it can lead, as I mentioned yesterday, to feelings of shame. Why can't I beat this? To feelings of inadequacy. Am I not doing enough? And that negative internal speech can perpetuate the problem. So again, the goal of today's podcast is to allow you to pivot your perspective on all of these things, to see them as symptoms of a bigger problem, that your nervous system is flooded with cortisol, that your nervous system is flared up. But I want to leave you with a message of hope. I've already talked for 13 minutes, but here's the hope. By unlocking this information, by using this checklist to examine your own life, you have begun the journey to putting yourself back in the driver's seat where your body and your nervous system is concerned. Over time, continuing to pivot our perspective every time one of these symptoms brings us down, our nervous systems are going to start feeling relaxed. They're going to get closer to that rest and digest mode. And as the beacon of hope <laughs> in my story, as I mentioned yesterday, I was living at an 8 out of 10 on the pain scale every day for three years. I began my work with a physical therapist, and he and I worked together for two years. <laughs> And I am so grateful for that person who was in my corner, who was educating me, who helped me pivot my perspective over and over again. And through the physical therapy work, disrupting <laughs> some of the things that my body was guarding and holding together like too tightly, reactivating postural muscles versus phasic muscles. Um, which is, again, content we will get into down the road. <laughs> Over time, my nervous system calmed down. The longer your nervous system is flared up, the longer it takes to calm it down. So I had three years of chronic pain when I came to my physical therapist, Dr. Mark Bittner. And it took two years <laughs> for us to get down to a level where I was living at a 1 out of 10 on the pain scale where I was going about my day, where I was thriving. So there's hope. Now, I hope that we have found you on your journey before that three-year mark um, and that we together can pivot our perspective and see this road as something that can open you 
to an enlivened, enriched, informed, powerful roadmap to recovery in which you are back in the driver's seat and no longer see yourself as a victim. Thank you for listening today, and we will be back together tomorrow to talk some more about pivoting our perspective and the power of perspective in your life.